What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 110 of the Lukewarm Games Podcast, your source for unique perspectives on all things video games and pop culture. As always, I'm your host, Luke Lewis, and today I'm once again joined by the Minecraft master of Animal Crossing, Claire Helmberger. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. How much do you love Minecraft? I I really do love Minecraft. I like Minecraft a lot. It's, it's I definitely, a comfort food for you. I I wouldn't put I wouldn't put myself in the same league as people who like really love Minecraft though. In terms of like building these crazy structures for hours and hours and hours, or like have played the whole like story basically of the game. Um, but I just enjoy playing it. Yeah. Good vibes. Super casual. Super fan. <laughs> now, you being the Minecraft master is relevant to today's podcast is, as we'll be yeah. discussing the Xbox Developer Direct that happened earlier this week. But before we get to that, let's jump right into We've Got the News, our weekly news segment where we break down what's happening in the video games industry. This week, our story comes to us from Victoria Kennedy over at Eurogamer. Naughty Dog is, quote, moving on from Uncharted and open to The Last of Us Part 3 if it has a compelling story. Naughty Dog co-president Neil Druckmann has stated that the studio is moving on from Uncharted and it could do the same with The Last of Us if it doesn't have a compelling enough story to tell for a part three. In an interview with BuzzFeed, the developer acknowledged fans are eager to hear more about the prospect of a third story in its Last of Us series. However, Druckmann was keen to stress that just because something is successful, it doesn't necessarily mean it needs a sequel. Druckmann stated Naughty Dog is in a very privileged position with Sony, with the developer supporting or with the publisher supporting the studio every step of the way to follow its passions meaning it wasn't feeling any pressure to make a sequel Druckmann explained for us uncharted was insanely successful uncharted 4 was one of our best selling games and we were able to put our final brushstroke on that story and say that we're done and we're moving on it is a little unclear here if Druckmann means there will be no more uncharted games at all or if he is retiring or if he's referring to Nathan Drake's story, which concluded in A Thief's End. After all, Uncharted The Lost Legacy was a standalone expansion after A Thief's End and followed the story of Chloe Frazier and Nadine Ross as they search for the Tusk of Ganesh. Drake was only mentioned in a passing comment. So the story goes on to talk a little bit more about the interview um, and mention specifically how Druckmann reiterated that Naughty Dog is open to developing part three, but only if the team can come up with a compelling story that has this universal message and statement about love, something it did with parts one and two. So two, two things to kind of unpack with this interview that I thought were interesting amidst, you know, the hype of the last of us HBO show, kind of the rekindled passion for Naughty Dog as a developer. Not that it ever went away but you know what i mean it's on the public mind the general public is discovering this story for the first time so it's interesting to kind of hear about the direction of the future of the studio and kind of speculate where where the last of us could potentially go and what's going on with uncharted so claire where are you at with this news that they are moving on for now at least from uncharted and there's a potential of the last of us part three but also a potential of them exploring new ip Yeah. um, Where are you at as a fan? I definitely think that they have, you know, been hinting at that they, or straight out saying that they um, were moving away from Uncharted and they felt like they kind of finished Nathan Drake's story. And um, whether that means there will be, you know, more games within the universe is a different story. But I've been expecting that they would make another Nathan Drake story um, because they basically said that before. Sure. 
Um, and you know, it makes sense that they'd be open to The Last of Us Part 3 because in hindsight, I mean, after Part 2 came out, we learned that similar conversations were had around Part 2 where, like, they felt like they had more of a story to tell, um, but they weren't sure if it needed a sequel and they ultimately decided to make a sequel. Yeah. Um, and now they're just saying that they are having the same conversations about a potential Part 3, so I don't find it surprising. Um, I think that I am really excited that there might be more yeah. um, story to tell with Last of Us, especially now that they have a, a show as well. Um, I think that it might awaken some uh, new story ideas, sure. maybe. Um, and I'm also not, like, out of hope for the Uncharted universe either. I think there might be some more to explore within that. What do you think? I Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I think I want to start with the Uncharted piece and then talk about kind of the future of The Last of Us as a game franchise. For me, yeah, Uncharted 4 felt like such a nice end to Nathan Drake's story arc. The only thing, getting into spoilers a little bit for that game for folks that hadn't played it, maybe fast forward a little bit, but um, I could see there being a compelling story centered around his daughter, Cassie, that we get to play as briefly in the epilogue to Uncharted 4. Um, I think there was a rumor a while back that Sony San Diego or Sony Bend were working on something along those lines, Mm -hmm. like a new Uncharted game or a prequel Uncharted game akin to Golden Abyss on the Vita. Um, And I'd be cool with all that, but it is interesting to hear from Neil specifically, like, hey, we're moving on. That's not our current project. I would be surprised if we didn't see an Uncharted game from a different Sony studio. Mm. Maybe, I don't know if it's a PS5 game, but maybe a next generation title, or I could see it being like a launch game for a new piece of hardware. Um, Or maybe it is a PS5 title down the road, depending on how long this generation lasts. But um, yeah, I'm not surprised to hear them say that Naughty Dog is moving on, but it's nice to have that official confirmation just to kind of be able to speculate and get excited about their next project. On the last of us end of things... I'm super excited to hear that they're not being pressured by PlayStation to do something specific for the money grab opportunity. That being said, it's pretty obvious that remaking part one was kind of a a cash grab, albeit a good one in a sense that it offered a lot of accessibility features and allowed a new audience to play the game. And it was also, you know, let's have the best version of the game possible when folks are discovering this universe for the first time. Right. Like I mean, it, it, yeah. it all makes I sense. disparage and, them doing that. Yeah. And I mean, we've been playing Skyrim's it. Skyrim has been doing that. Yeah. And Grand Theft Auto Five and sure. like all these other games. And, and I'm enjoying my time. Yeah. And we've been playing so. it. It looks great. It plays well. It's an amazing game. The haptics are fun. Yeah. The haptics are cool. So I'm not going to, like we said, disparage releasing that. But like that being said, it is cool that, they're not the, there's not this pressure to be like you have to make a part three you have to make a part three because right. I think that's when the series suffers. Right. I've heard fans online that were disappointed by part two, which everyone's entitled to their opinion. But part two is arguably my favorite game story of all time. It's like a tie between part one and part two on I a think given the day. Story how they I feel, tell but between the two of them across yeah, games. it's it's incredible. Yeah. And would I love to see more of that world? Absolutely. And I think that's been the interesting thing about watching the show is that as a longtime fan of the game, I kind of expected to be upset about any new additions or little wrinkles they added. But with Neil Druckmann's involvement in the show, it's just felt so authentic and natural to the world. And 
there have just been so many cool moments and little context and background information added that just right. enhance the game universe. So the idea that could we get a third game that enhance the story further? Absolutely. And if right. it, it, like Neil said, if they're excited about telling the story, I totally trust them. I didn't think yeah. we needed a part two and they totally proved that it was justified. Right. Um, I have a couple predictions about directions that yeah. we could go in a part three. What do you think? What do you think we might see? Once again, spoiler warnings up for Last of Us Part 2. If you haven't played it, please go check it out. I know there's been a lot of folks posting spoilers for Part 2 on the internet, which I think is kind of shitty right now amidst people. Amidst the show. Yeah, just because a lot yeah, of people are discovering it for the first time. So, like, that being said, if you are listening to this, you ha you don't know anything about the story of Part 2. Fast forward a few minutes. Um, this won't be a crazy long discussion, but I could see... The obvious one for me is a story centered around Abby and Lev yeah, and the fireflies. I too. And I just would love to kind of get to explore Abby more, get to explore Lev as like a young adult, maybe fast forward, say five years. How are they doing? I also think Ellie, a cool one could be Ellie as an adult, like fast right. forward, like 15, 20 years. And we get Ellie as a grown woman. JJ is now like a teenager what's going on with dina are they still together what's happened with their life um but i'd also be kind of okay with them leaving ellie out right and not having it be a playable character there's the obvious choice of playing as jj right jesse and dina's son um which which could be cool but that doesn't the the obvious one to me feels like Lev and Abby. I think the more obvious one, yeah, because um, that's where I have questions. The transition that's what I want from to know. one to two was the you know quote unquote companion character to the sure. main character, and Lev was the one that you. I were think picking up as Lev could be really cool. I also just I think, think learning more about the Fireflies and like where they're yeah. at right now, post you know obviously like so many of them dying because Joel killed them all you know not all of them here's but like, a here's a just, wild yeah. speculation Please, yeah um it does follow abby and love on their journey to find the fireflies yep and to um find a cure again find someone else who's willing to replicate the work that abby's dad was doing before he was killed because abby was so caught up in the revenge but after she's processed it maybe she's more interested in that side of you know, avenging her father's death in terms of continuing his legacy, whatever. A really interesting end cap to the story would be Ellie choosing to sacrifice herself, coming back and giving her I've brain. heard people throw that out there. And in terms of, like, creating an, a through-line arc through all three games, it does kind of make sense. My question would be, like, how many doctors are still alive that could do right. that? You know what I mean? Like, it really... But that being said, it's totally possible. It would be cool to see, this is pretty wild, but, like, see other countries. Because, like, the show's doing an interesting thing about, like, hinting at other parts of the world and yeah. how they're dealing with the virus. And in the game, we really only get to see the U.S., but, like, it would be kind of cool to see, Canada. like, other parts of the world and what they're doing. I, I was thinking even more international, like... <laughs> you know japan or england yeah. or india or something along those lines I think the, like the issue with but like how would they get across there? ocean yeah, yeah. travel is, is that pretty seems obvious pretty far because you yeah. couldn't even get a car to take you like across like two states sure um, with, they're, your, they're with the amount of gas back, that you can find things yeah, in the world that's fair but um and i'm replaying part one right now yep. and there's like a little note that alludes to like there are similar 
things happening in Canada. Sure. So, like, I could see going to Canada, Mexico, like, somewhere you can get on foot relatively easily. Yeah. It would, it would just be really interesting to kind of... I'm interested in jumping back into that world and just seeing what's up. And I think it, it could be pretty cool to go back. Yeah. I've also heard a lot of speculation around there being a part two director's cut at some point this year. Now with the announcement of season two coming that they'll do some crazy up-res PS5 version for part two. And then I've also heard a rumored DLC for part two, which to be honest, I don't think it's happening. I think it's been too long in between for this to be the case, but um, fans are requesting a Tommy DLC where you play mm-hmm. out the events of part two as Tommy and you get to do the like sniper section and you're walking around Seattle and doing all that stuff that happened in the second game. To me, that seems a bit far fetched because if we think back to the timeline of um, the original two left behind, it was a year. So part right. or the original came out in 2013 um, left behind dlc came out in february of 2014 so it just feels like we've kind of passed the point where it's like it's not a dlc it's a new right. game what's going on with the factions any it's it's being worked on it's okay. coming <laughs> i i think it's coming this year but i it, I it feel could like that's be an either obvious way next well th- i that one is probably a ways out in a sense that it's probably like late this year or early next year because yeah. last year they were still hiring team members for it We've really only seen concept art, but it looks mm-hmm. super cool. Like, they're using San Francisco as a big backdrop for it and all their promotional materials. Super hyped for that. But, yeah, that's a good, that's a good call out, too, is just far as, like, Uncharted. Or, I'm sorry, Last of Us things going on. Yeah. Yeah. But regardless, about. excited. Yeah. And I love this world and the shows just like reinvigorated my love of the the games and yeah. sharing the story and speculating. And it, it's really awesome. The other thing that I think is interesting to think about is that um, HBO shows, while they aren't always like super long run and they like to keep things short and sweet yep. a lot of the time, it really seems like three seasons is what they do. So I'm intrigued to see how that will impact this show they've come out and said that they're not going to make additional show show that's not based well not before but like if there's not more game game they're not going to do more show so obviously i I don't think they're going to um i you know make a season three of the show based on a game three that ha- is, you know, not begun development yet or potentially very sure, early in development sure. right now because the the timeline for that is not show. But, like, that being said, it, the show was just renewed for season two. I really doubt we're getting a season two before 2025. I bet what they'll do is like, they'll... I don't think we'll get one next year. I, I think bet we'll get one the following film, year. I bet they'll film the scenes from part two that you... that are, like, shortly... happen shortly after the end of the events of game one... And then they'll film the rest of it, like, way later, and they have to find, like, new cast members and stuff, and, yeah. But there's not that much aging that happens throughout part two. Like, part two takes place five years later, but, like, it's within, like, the span of weeks. Right. No, I just meant... Sorry, maybe I'm missing something. What was... There was another show... Where you're talking about how they were filming stuff before the before the kid got too the kids got too old. Anyway. Oh, it was Avatar. Oh right, right. Avatar. Avatar that's right. Where he two, where he's like filming Avatar three. Apparently three and four are essentially like three's done. Four is almost done because they like planned out their execution and yeah. like 
it took them years to make the movies, but like they used their time really well, according to. I'm just saying, I, I could see them like I could see them doing the bulk of production on season two, in a very long time. Yeah, but really trying to cram some of that in as soon as possible, while Bella Ramsey is still this age because of like the the few scenes that happen like very shortly after the end of the events of the first game the i see the flashbacks scenes. i see what yeah. you're saying yep yep, yep. i think they okay. might try to cram Following that filming in yep. and then worry about the rest of it later if so i it were could be a longer if i were line. a betting man i would say they film it in 2024 and they release it in 2025 and it's in every other year type cadence because yeah. i feel like that's kind of what the hbo big budget shows do like it's not Every year that we get a new Game of Thrones, every year that yeah. we get a new big budget show, like it, they take their time on these projects. So that would be my bet. I could also really see. And by see... then we might know what's happening with the game right. three. I could also really see the second game spanning more than one season of sure. the show because it was significantly longer and does involve a lot of stuff. That's true. That's true. It'll be, it'll be telling because they've said the first season is going to encompass the full game, but it'll be interesting kind of how they pace that out. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All a right. lot to be excited about. Enough PlayStation talk, Claire. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I love PlayStation, but we also love Xbox yes. here over at Lukewarm Games. So let's jump to our title track main topic of the show. We're discussing the Xbox Developer Direct that happened on the 25th, Wednesday, mm -hmm. January 25th, as of this recording. Um, and we got to get kind of a cool deep dive into five total games mm -hmm. from xbox game studios some updates about where they're at we got a couple key release dates and um it, this one was pretty cool to me because we got to really see inside the dev studios there was cool b-roll yeah, there were interviews fun. with the teams working on it it just felt personal and cool yeah, and fun and it, I think they set expectations quite well for this one yeah. as far as what we were getting. Like, they were very clear up front. Like, we're not showing Starfield. You're not getting a Starfield release date. We're showing some updates on existing titles. Or not existing titles, but, like, upcoming titles that you're aware right. of. With the exception of one key surprise, <laughs> surprise announcement. Um, so this write-up that we're referring back to comes from Polygon's Michael McWhorter. Um, so we are talking about the showcase of minecraft legends as well as forza motorsport redfall and the surprise announcement of tango gameworks new title hi-fi rush oh and elder scrolls online neck necrom necrom i'm gonna go with necrom arrives which will be arriving in june so claire overall what were your um kind of an immediate takeaways yeah. from watching this um i definitely agree with you that it just felt really personable uh, our personal um these deep nice dives vibe. were um entertaining and informative and i feel like sometimes when we get deep deep dives as a part of you know sh other showcases where it's very trailer heavy it just feels kind of boring it breaks the pacing um, but this is kind of i think in this case it, it felt like each one was compelling yeah um and it it was it was personal um getting to you know hear the uh, different members of the dev teams talk about their games and the video of them, you know, test playing and their, um, you know, test player people um, playing as well. The, the like the little the kids, QA teams the little kids playing Minecraft yeah, yeah, or, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you had the, uh, you know, just like the the B roll of the offices and getting to see how the gameplay is going to work, especially in Minecraft Legends, which it was a bit of a question mark. How is it going? What's it going to look like? Sure. Um, so I really enjoyed it and i th thought they did a good job 
and everything they showed was really interesting. What did yeah. you think? I thought this was a really effective um, showcase. I think it took several games that I was looking forward to in kind of a passing sense. Like, I think Xbox Game Studios has a really talented stable of developers. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, Minecraft is an established platform. Forza, Elder Scrolls, all these things are things that are, like, kind of known quantities of, like, I'm sure these will be solid, but I'm not, like, counting down the days for some of these titles. Whereas I think these announcements... And showcases really did a nice job of getting me very hyped and getting me super interested. Yeah. Um, particularly the Minecraft Legends um, gameplay, I was like, I I wasn't really anticipating this one, but yeah. seeing the the PvP modes and the tower defense elements and how you can build out your base with your friends and you're running around action RPG style, the yeah. combat looks really cool. It was just really fun to see this game in action, and we got. Uh, the the previous announcement trailer, but it was nice just to see a meaty chunk of gameplay. And I think this PvP mode, especially for me, looks mm. like something that could be really fun. I think about how every Christmas when we visit the fam, your brothers always want to play Minecraft because that was like a childhood memory for you yeah. all growing up. And while I enjoy Minecraft, I always feel like in need of an objective if that makes any sense. And so we like come up with our own objectives and like build something collective together, which is really fun. But I love the idea of over the holidays, jumping into this PVP mode and we all get on a team and we're building out this base together and we're fighting another team and we're, there's combat and leveling and it, it just looks really, really fun. And graphically, I also think the art style is really striking, kind of incorporating that Minecraft, um, pixel box, you know, cube art, but then yeah. taking it to kind of a technical next level with cool ray tracing and lighting. and It does yeah. look really pretty. I, I just think it looks really dope. Um, I I think that the uh, the tactical stuff that you're doing and the way that you're building out your base um, in that kind of strategic way is yeah. really interesting. I play a lot of Minecraft that is like more Chill. artsy about yeah. like designing things that look cool. Sure. Um, and I know there are a lot of people out there who do that as well and like use like the redstone to make cool like mechanisms and stuff. Um, so I wonder how much of that will be at play here, like how much you know design leeway you have. Sure. Um, I also am curious to see what like the pacing of the games is because um in the in the deep dive, it, it showed how, like, oh, if, you, if you're the person who likes to go explore and collect resources, you can go and you can collect the resources. And, it, like, that would definitely be me because yeah. I love going out and collecting the resources um, and exploring. And I just want to know, like, how long each of these matches usually last and how it's much fair. of that game you get to spend exploring the world. And it said, you know, each map is procedurally gener- generated. You know, how big is the map? How much do you get to explore and see this beautiful world? Um, within the, you know, time constraint of you gotta, you gotta build your base before the next, the other team attacks. Um, so the pacing of that is something I'm really intrigued by. Yeah. Um, and then the, the campaign mode and the little piglins and how they're attacking you, I think is, is really interesting too. So I'm really intrigued by this and I'm excited about it in a way I was not excited for, um, a Minecraft dungeon. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the campaign because I feel like it's worth noting too that there's a full playable story mode that's separate from this pvp multiplayer mode so that'll be interesting too. kind of just how the, the content differs yeah there and i think that'll be kind of more in like a traditional action rpg co-op yeah. adventure so it's nice to kind of have this mix of gameplay style it but is super excited for this one yeah um continuing on um i 
adored Forza Horizon 5 uh-huh. uh, and back in, not last year now, the year before, 2021, yeah. um, just absolutely enamored by the graphics. I thought the game was so fun. And I've been a longtime Forza fan. My first Forza game, I believe, was Motorsport 2 back on the 360. So I, I've been in the series and always enjoyed the games. But I, from a graphical perspective, you can't not be impressed by this latest trailer for the the new motorsport game. Yeah. Um, no, it was gorgeous. Over 500 cars, crazy 4K visuals, 60 FPS, ray tracing, light rendering. Normally, I'm, like, very bored when they do the thing of, like, we have come up with new texture packs and look how real this looks. But on, with this one, I'm just it's like, like Whoa, that's it really looks pretty. fucking real. <laughs> like, it looks yeah. so good um, that I, I couldn't look away. And I'm incredibly excited for this one. Kind of surprised we didn't get a date. Because they keep saying spring, and it's we're, we're it's getting spring. we're getting close. It's almost spring. <laughs> you know, a couple months. Um, I, I was really kind of expecting a March release date for this one. So there's kind of some internet speculation that maybe this is getting delayed, getting delayed. a little bit. Mm-hmm. I see it maybe as like a fall game. Yeah. I don't think it's getting delayed out of this year because it just looks stellar. Unless yeah. the game just really needs more time, which you know, take, take take the time you need. No no rush, but it just seems like development cycles it 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 should be ready yeah. you would think um but yeah can't wait to play this one i got so into forza horizon 5 that i think i will dump a lot of time into this one mm-hmm. and it's kind of nice to switch it up from the giant open world to the more like track based yeah. kind of linear racing yeah. experience and maybe do some more kind of score chasing and multiplayer racing that way so yeah, super sure. excited for this one yeah it looks beautiful and then we saw an- another look at Redfall from Arcane. What did you think of this game? Because I-, I feel like we haven't talked about it a ton on the podcast. Yeah. With the exception of that initial um, E3 trailer that we got. I want to say that was back in 2021. It's been a year or two since we saw that an- initial announcement, if yeah. you will. I think that it looks really cool. Um, when when um, we had uh, Dishonored. Um, especially when Dishonored 2 came out, mm-hmm. um, I got it for you, you played it, I kind of like Batsy gamed, I played yeah. it a little bit too, um, and it was really cool, and I just really enjoyed that experience, it's sure. like a core memory, um, so I think that this looks like it kind of hits on some of that, and I definitely think it'd be a fun thing to play, you know, somewhat together in that, um, capacity. Yeah, 100%. Um, I thought this show showing of the game was the first where I felt like really compelled Mm. by it. If that makes sense. Like I didn't really, I'm interested if it's an arcane game because they have a proven track record with me. I've really enjoyed all of their titles. I think they build really incredible worlds, cool environmental storytelling, and they just make really stylish, well-designed games. So like I have the confidence in their teams, but on paper, a co-op vampire game that kind of has left for dead vibes mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily scream like this is the perfect arcane project to me. Right. But I think getting to see this extended gameplay demo showed off kind of how densely packed the world is, mm-hmm. the environmental storytelling and kind of signature arcane vibe that the game still has. Yeah. Um, and then we also got to see some of the powers and how, the crazy branching skill trees work and how you can use kind of special abilities playing off of each other. You see the 
ability where it like projects your partner into the air to then do crazy slow-mo sniper shot mm-hmm. on a vampire and things like that. It's like, okay, it has that like level of stylish action, intrigue, world building that is known within arcane so then within this trailer was like oh cool i could see you know you and i playing this together picking a character class playing off of each other exploring the world kind of digging in deep so i i went from being like lukewarm pun intended to being (laughs) quite excited for this one and i I definitely plan to check it out it being day one game pass slam dunk and having that may 2nd release date i think is really exciting for folks just kind of planning out the year and keeping an eye on what to play yeah definitely do you think you'll play it yes nice yeah i I think we should play it together i think i think the fact that that we that it, we can play it together in yeah. that way is like if it was a single player, no, I would watch you play it. Interesting. But okay. The fact that it, it, we but would that, play together, that co-op together, aspect. yeah, 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 the co-op aspect. No, I, I don't think know why really I was fun. having a hard time coming up. No, with you're fine. <laughs> um, we're talking about it out of order a little bit, but I we, I want to double back to Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Online. Um, I've never been an Elder Scrolls online player, and not because of lack of desire, but it's more time. MMOs kind of scare me just in terms of like how much time you can sink into them. But I'm continually impressed by the ZeniMax online team and how they have just kept this steady stream of content coming since the launch of that game and built a crazy platform and a crazy community. And I think it's so cool that you can explore essentially every world from previous Elder Scrolls titles and in a new way and with new graphical fidelity and tech. Like, I just think it's really cool. And every time I see new gameplay of these games, I'm like, these look really cool. Like mm-hmm. I would like to play this, but um, probably won't get to it anytime soon. But yeah. it, this feels yeah. like such a nice, like in an ideal rainy day over mm-hmm. holiday break, just like veg out and play a bunch of elder scrolls online. But I, I liked what they showed. Yeah. But it still isn't enough to make me jump in. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know what that says about it for me, but I think for those that are excited about the game, it's it's still yeah, a, a super cool thing. I think if it's cool if you're excited about the game for me. I tried playing that game and I just couldn't get into it because it is, um, there's just so much content that it takes a lot to make progress. You know what I mean? I remember talking with to you about the game and you were saying that like it, it's difficult to play it as a single player game after a certain that point like we, especially when you get into the dungeons and raids like you really need a team leveling up is just really hard when you're doing it by yourself sure yeah that's um, fair and it's like really slow progress like in order to craft armor that is meaningfully helpful you have to you know yeah it's not as easy as it is in skyrim to make that happen sure it it takes a lot of hours of work fair enough well, for those that enjoy it, go enjoy it. Looks cool. Um, the biggest, coolest showing at the the Direct for me was the announcement of Tango Gameworks' latest title. Unfortunately, the announcement was leaked ahead of time, so it, it? let the steam That's out of bad. it a little bit. I didn't know what the game was. I just right. knew Tango Gameworks' new project was going to be announced here. I see. Um, but the game announced is Hi-Fi Rush. What a cool cool game so as of this recording i've gotten a chance to play probably about an hour or two not a substantial amount but enough to kind of give my initial impressions but based on the show showing at the direct i was incredibly excited Mm -hmm. um i haven't played a tango gameworks game before whether it was the evil within titles or ghostwire tokyo 
I'm just not a huge horror game player and I don't necessarily gravitate towards that genre. So it, the they've been on my backlog and things I want to check out at some point, but just haven't been top of my list. But yeah. this game visually just immediately caught my eye. Yeah. It's as if Sunset Overdrive and Jet Set Radio had a baby. And mm-hmm. I love that so much. Um, it's colorful. It's fun. It looks like the coolest anime cartoon. Um, and the big shtick of the game is that it's a rhythm-based action title. Mm-hmm. So you are using your electric guitar weapon and other abilities to beat up robots and different enemies to the beat of the music. And similar to games like Devil May Cry, you're getting a score at the end of each combat stage. Yeah. Based on how well you do. Right. And it's just such a stylish, fun action title. The game kicks off with um, the song Lonely Boy by the Black Keys, Mm -hmm. which we're big Black Keys fans. And so I was just like, this is such a vibe. Uh It's just like colorful and fun. I think the writing is really funny and cool. Your main character is named Chai. And you meet this cool robot cat that's running around with you and you're beating up robots to the beat of the music and Mm -hmm. the soundtrack's really good. And like, it is just such an interesting, fun, breath of fresh air, totally pleasant surprise in this early, early part of the year, you know, as we we're kind of getting into that that review season, if you will. Yeah. This just came out. Dead Space Remake is out. Recall, my most anticipated indie games of the year, just came out. Like, there's all these games out there to play. And so it was mm-hmm. it was fun having, like, from a predominantly horror game studio to make this really fun um, action title yeah. with this unique twist and art style. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, I watched you play a little bit of it, too, and it's just, it's really cool. The The vibe is really there. It's such a vibe, um, like, yeah. to they, keep they, using that expression. The, 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 the studio definitely had a vision and yeah. made that vision happen, and it feels totally. very, um, like, unified in what it is, I think. Yeah, it's just really resonating right now. It's a game that makes me happy. It makes me happy to look at. The music makes me happy. The action is fun and satisfying. Like, Like, yeah, the music has to hit, and I feel like it does. And I think it was you that asked me while I was playing it because, as musicians, we're always curious with rhythm games. Like, does it actually land on the beat, or is it a little bit before? Like, how is the kind of the gameplay sequencing? And I think it's pretty damn impressive. Like, Mm -hmm. and I will say the one thing that I like about it too is it's not punishing at all. Like, in terms of like the rhythm based action and the scoring system. Like, play the game how you want. Go for that S rank if you want that added challenge. Otherwise, you can just enjoy your time with the game, not worry too much about the scores, and just like. Like I said, like I said, vibe out yeah. with the enjoyable soundtrack and the style. Yeah, of the game. well, that's what I said in the trailer too. Of like, it doesn't punish you for being bad at rhythm and like not yeah, hitting yeah. it on the beat. But if you do hit it on the beat, it, it rewards, rewards that. You yeah, hundred percent. So that's I'm really I'm super cool. excited to play more. I want to see where the score story is going. Mm-hmm. In the direct, they showed how you have like different bosses that you have to fight and how they each have a d- distinct art style and feel yeah, to it. Cool. So I'm excited excited to see how that plays out and yeah i'm sure we'll do like kind of a more full review discussion of the game but since i played um about an hour or two i wanted to kind of get my early impressions um and i know we i didn't mention this at the top of the show but our original plan was to review uh machin 69's recall this week i haven't finished the game so it felt Mm kind of disingenuous to 
not give it its full due because I'm really enjoying my time with it and I want to kind of take my time with it. So as soon as I have that one done, we'll talk about it on a future episode. But um, this Xbox developer direct kind of made sense to cover because it was a lot of news. It was a lot of games. It was a lot of fun. For sure. Um, That said, we've kind of talked about our our highlights of the show, our favorite games shown. Do you have any predictions based on this um, developer direct for Xbox going into 2023. I think a big criticism of Xbox Game Studios last year was that they didn't release any major titles. Right. So it's kind of expected that this will be a heavy-hitting year in terms of them putting out games. And I think there are several games from them that we may see later this year. I think about titles like Obsidian's next big RPG, Avowed, Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. Starfield, obviously, still dated for some time this year. What are your predictions for what we'll see in the Xbox slate of things I do think that we are going to see Forza Motorsport and Starfield this year. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I hope that they take their time to make those games really polished. I don't want them to put them out before they're ready. But I I think that they will be ready by the end of the year, even if it's later in the year. Um, And I hope that they are too. To me, it feels like, the like I said, we'll see both of those, I think, holiday season. I could see Forza being like October and um, Starfield being their big November release. Yeah, and I could see that being why they didn't talk about Starfield at this one because they've shown what they are you know feel like they need to show and the next time we hear about it's when they're saying yes it is gonna be ready at this time here's what it looks like it's finished basically i think yeah and i think in terms of announcements and things i think this is finally the year where i hope we'll see some fable Mm, news or gameplay so around e3 time maybe summer games fest i am hoping we do see some fable i would also love to finally see the Indiana Jones game that Machine oh, yeah. Games is working on that is like my get hype prediction at every every showcase and I bet we will see some yeah, of that at well, some point. This after year. playing Emperor's Tomb on the original Xbox <laughs> with my dad over Christmas, I just God, please give us a good Indiana yeah. Jones game that my dad and I can play. Um and Machine Games has such a great pedigree. I adore the Wolfenstein games, so mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Those are my two Xbox ones that I'm like, where are those games? And it's not like a where are those games like I'm mad. It's just like right. those are like two of my most anticipated Xbox titles and we haven't seen them at, well, actually we haven't, we've seen the cinematic trailer for four or for fable with the announcement, but we haven't right. seen gameplay right. and we've only seen like a little snippet teaser for Indiana Jones. So we really haven't seen anything of either of those games. Right. So yeah. that would be a big hype moment for me. Yeah, definitely. All right. With that said, shall we jump into questions with Claire? Let's Our do weekly it. discussion of fun questions with fun the listeners. Questions. So, this week's question, what is a game that you would recommend that is currently available on Xbox Game Pass? Kind of in keeping with our Ooh, Xbox there's theme. There's so many, so many. Well, Do you have immediate ones that jump out? I have, yeah, I have a couple. I mean, the big obvious one just from the show is Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah. It was a day and date shadow drop Which announcement so cool. on Wednesday. So, um, full game, was right the, there, ready to go. Was the shadow drop leaked, or just the fact that they were going to be showing their game at the? It was just that they were going to be showing their game. I believe, yeah. I, I hadn't. Because I was, was I was really caught cool. off guard by the shadow yeah. drop, and it was it was very fun to be able to like after work that day, queue up the download, play it for a little bit that night. So. I, I love when developers do that. I think it's a fun, it's it's a super fun way to get press and really have your game be in the mm-hmm. moment that day. Yeah. Um. So very cool there. Um, 
you know, there's the obvious ones. Most recently, I'm trying to think of things we played over the holidays. Ooh, one folks might, we mentioned this in Game of the Year conversations, but one folks may have overlooked last year, Escape Academy. Oh, yeah. The wonderful that was little really co-op fun. game. You can also play it single player, a puzzle game where you're working your way through this very cool series of escape rooms mm-hmm. and puzzles. And they're really cleverly designed, not too overly complicated and it's one of those games that's like super engaging and makes you feel rewarded as you solve puzzles and kind of a quirky art style and humor and writing and short and sweet but just the right amount and it's a nice like weekend co-op game or like i said you can play it single player so that's one i'd throw out that i feel like not enough people played last year right on how about for you um something that's on pc game pass okay is um if you haven't checked out Minecraft or you haven't checked it out recently, check out Minecraft. Just regular old Minecraft. Been, I have been thinking about jumping back in. I think it was a year or two ago that they put out the high resolution texture yeah. pack on the PC. And I think it's, it's now available beautiful. on um, series at, series consoles, S and X mm-hmm. too. So that was like seeing some of those mods and things people have done with Minecraft to All make it run at a more so technical cool. level are just really, really impressive. But even without them, like the the base game has so much in it now that it didn't have a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, seven years ago, whatever, because they keep adding stuff to it. Right. So it's really cool. Um, I also feel like it's worth shouting out the fact that um, Persona 3, 4, and 5 are now all on Game Pass. Um, so for that's folks that have content. never delved into, I've personally never played Persona 3, so that's one that I'm like, ooh, I might go back and mm-hmm. kind of expand my knowledge of the series and things like that. But just having all those games or like, I think about how many of the Yakuza games are on Game Pass, like, there's just some amazing entry points into some really wonderful series that maybe folks haven't yeah. tried that are really special. I would also shout out Slime Rancher 2. Slime Rancher 2 is very good. That's really fun. Just wholesome, good vibes if you're looking for something chill and... Yep. Awesome. On the indie scene, Unpacking is available on Game Pass. Absolutely adore love that game. Unpacking. I've been thinking about jumping into Hollow Knight, which is on Game Pass, just with all this. Maybe Silk Song will get announced right. this year, kind yeah. of thing, because it's one I, I've heard about and I've heard nothing but wonderful things um, in comparisons to Metroidvania as another 2D exploration platformers that I adore. So I re- I'm really hoping to check it out this year, trying to make the time. Um, but there's just so much to play yes. <laughs> in, a, in a good way, but no no complaints here. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, that's a lot of wonderful games to play, yeah. a lot of Xbox love, a lot of PlayStation discussion. As always, video games are cool. Thanks for joining the discussion, as always, yeah. Claire. It was delightful, as it was. ever. Um, yeah, kind of a, a little shorter episode this week, but, you know, sometimes that's how the the cookie crumbles how the video game controller joy-con drifts that's a bad (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah kind of a very varied length of episode but i you know i I enjoyed our discussion it's not that short it's not i'm just not it's a little shorter than our past episodes have been but we also recorded a five-hour game of the year discussion in the last month barometer's just a little off i think (laughs) Um, always a good time chatting listeners. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Some quick housekeeping items for you. Please subscribe to our show on your podcast platform of choice. We are now officially on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. If you enjoy our podcast, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash lukewarm games for exclusive podcasts and more. You can go ahead and follow at lukewarm games on Twitter to get the latest updates on our show. And with that, have a fantastic week. Cheers and happy gaming.